Welcome to the Financial Collective. If you're looking to get your financial house in order, this is the place you want to be. We cover every topic that touches your financial journey. We're here to empower you with straightforward financial information and education. It is our hope that you can take some of the financial gems we've shared today and apply them to jumpstart, improve, or solidify your financial journey. everyone welcome to another episode of the financial collective i'm here with my friends kiva sturdivant and frank henderson i'm your host brentley wright thank you guys for tuning in to this wonderful episode of the making of a millionaire it's a mood on the financial collective hey so what's up thanks for tuning in to this episode it's gonna be a crazy one what's up frank what's up kiva what up Brentley is all good all the time. Absolutely, absolutely. This is going to be a fire episode. We're talking about the making of a millionaire. It's a mood. I'm juiced up about it. How you? How y'all feeling about it today? <laughs> we have so much to talk about. I'm hoping we yeah. can fit everything in. I don't know if it's going to be two parts, but it's going to be fire. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Pop, how you feeling about it? You good? I feel great about it. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm ready to turn up to like 100 degrees right now. Well, it's another episode. What's up, Kiva? Frank, how y'all feeling? We're doing great. Doing good, Brentley. Ready to go. Ready to go, Brentley. Excited to be here. That's what's up. This episode is going to be a crazy one because we're going to talk about the making of a millionaire and how it's a mood. And Kiva, you came up with this topic, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. You know, and it is a mood. It's a, it's an energy. Yeah. It's a vibe. That millionaire mindset. It is. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of got my swag on. You know about <laughs> that. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. I'm kind of feeling real jazzy about this because it is a move. It is a move. You know, I, I feel swaggerific right now. Right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, I feel swaggerific because here's why. Because I want to be that. You know what I mean. Right. And it's so much more than just being a multimillionaire. It's about giving. And it's so right. many things you can do when you are a millionaire and when you even got that mood, you know, yeah. you got that mood on you. You know, it's, it's your disposition. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're taking care of your finances and your family. It's just the mood with you. Everything is, is pleasant. So I look forward to this episode, and I want to kind of kick it off with question uh, going into the topic and even further. And let's just kind of address Let's deal with the, uh, let's really deal with it today. What is wealth? Because it's a good word. It's a powerful word. It's a powerful position with people. So exactly what is wealth? Yes. So wealth, you're so right, Brentley, is it's very, it's a heavy, but in a good way word. Yeah. It really is. And that's 
where I would like for our listening audience to start with their mindset. I am wealthy. I build wealth. You know, our words mm. have power. And so mm. wealthy, when I talk about that, is it's like it is a mindset, mm-hmm. but wealth also lasts from generation to generation, and it's built in. It's built in. Brick by brick. Brick by brick. Yes. Yes. Frank, what you thinking on that? Uh, When I'm I'm thinking about wealth, I'm thinking exactly like uh, the superstar special K, Ms. Keeley is speaking. I'm I'm thinking about uh, sustainable and multi-generational uh, not just money, but also uh, possessions, valuables, yeah. all that type of thing when you think about wealth. It's something that you can uh, not only live your life with, but you can pass down to your kids and your grandkids. Yeah, that's powerful. So what I are think you about thinking, Brentley? Yeah, I'm thinking about like a value chain, you know. It's, it's, it's almost like it's a, it's a high level of responsibility, but it's, it's a value chain system that you create in your family, you know, that, that, Hey, this has been, you know, we're talking generation to generation to generation. And, and Hey, this is the system that we set up in our, in our first generation. And it's been passed down to second and third and fourth and fifth. And it's almost like a value chain of a company that, you know, is, is doing really good. They've been here for a hundred years and that, that, you know, that's what wealth to me is all about responsibility and a passing down of assets yeah. and doing it the right way. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, hey, this is what happened in the beginning, and this is where we are. And we've been strong and, like Frank said, sustainable for so many generations that that should really fire people up to be able to go out and try to create and innovate towards that. Yeah, and it's almost in a way, uh, Brantley, where it's like when I say sustainable, I mean like where your family – your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, they're never going to worry about money. Right. They're never going to worry about property. They're never going to worry about possessions because it's, right. it's been done in such a way that, you know, uh, it will last for hundreds yeah. of years. Oh, yeah, yeah hundreds of years. It's yeah. a perpetuity, really. Yeah, you know, I, I have to... I have to give an example. We're all numbered, yeah. numbers geeks. But, you know, right. the Princeton Endowment is about mm-hmm. $25 billion with a B. Wow. <laughs> if they earn <laughs> just 1%, okay, 1% on, on. Two, 25 billion, it's Come 250 on. million. Come on. Right. Come on. Come That's on. That's just if they it's get real. 1%. You know they're getting more than 1%. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. so that's that, you know, that just continuous role of just interest and wealth, and it just, yeah. I mean, it just goes and goes. Yeah. You, you, think, you, think, you think wealth is different from just being rich, you know? Both of them. Oh, yes. Oh, come on, Kiva, would you? <laughs> yes. When you get my age, you got a lot of opinions. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. You know, rich, in my mind, has an expiration date that's down the road. Ooh, I'm right. rich today. I'm rich uh-huh. this year. As long yeah. as this income, you know, from my J-O-B keeps coming. And nothing yeah. wrong with rich. 
but right. it's not as sustainable as wealth. Like, again, wealth is built in. Riches, yeah. as long as I run on this treadmill, I'll have money. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Mm, that's powerful. Mm. I think the very same way because I, I see riches having uh, short-term money. Yeah. That is like as long as my company is good and uh, I'm, I'm working every day, whether I'm a, a sole proprietor or entrepreneur, as long as I don't experience downturns in the economy, I'm good. Right. It's, that's right. It's a lot mm. of things that don't need to happen, right? Right, right. <laughs> and we know right. that's not life. That's not how life goes. A lot goes. of variables. A lot right. of variables. I need a bunch wow. of things not to happen to stay rich. That ain't rich. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I'm reminded of this thing, uh, this saying that I use in uh, uh, some work workshops that I teach, and it's about the shirt sleeve to shirt sleeve uh, mentality where mm -hmm. mom and dad <clears throat> worked hard, right, built their money, pass it down to the children, they take it, the money that was so hard-earned, and they spend it on mansions and cars and really get into very high-level consumerism. And then when they have children, their children have to start over because nothing was passed down to them. And that's mm -hmm. how I see rich. That's how I mm -hmm. see rich. That no yeah. generation is even educated enough to think about how to this. How, how does this sustain a person that just says, hey, I'm rich, All like you talk about removing the variables, all of the variables line up perfectly, but essentially my heirs cannot take it forward. And so they right. just spin it up. And that's mm -hmm. how I see rich, man. It's a good life, but it is not nothing in, in comparison to wealth. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. In comparison to wealth, wow! I mean, it's crazy. How can somebody begin to create wealth for you and your family, even though you may be living paycheck to paycheck? I'll go ahead and take that. So yeah. that's the million dollar question. You know, as financial yeah. professionals, you know, our clients look at us sometimes with a side eye, like, "You want me to do what?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm living paycheck right. to paycheck. I like that word yeah. wealth, and yes, I know I need some insurance and I need these protections, but I'm just barely yeah. surviving. Well, yep. of course, I know you gentlemen know what I'm going to say. We got to go back to that first podcast. Podcast. Right. Let's get into your cash flow. Let's break That's down right. the budget. What can yeah. we, you know, kind of give up to gain, hey, building wealth? Find that insurance, you know, coverage that can yeah. begin to build generational wealth in your family. You know, you True. may have to give Mr. Cable Guy, a, you know, $100 less per month because, look, I'm starting to build my family's generational wealth. You know, yeah. all those, mm -hmm. you know, big cable companies, they good. You know, we need to set That's up right. our foundation. So it's just, it's a little bit of sacrifice. That's all. It's a little bit of sacrifice. Absolutely. I agree. What you think, Frank? I agree. Yeah. When, I, when I look at it and I say if uh, a family is living paycheck to paycheck, what I try to tell families when I sit down with them is that for every dollar you make, if you could put anywhere from $0.05 cents to $0.10 cents of that dollar away like clockwork, it will sustain you in your latter years. So whether that be in uh, 401K, 
whether that be in some type of CD money market, whether that be in stock, bonds, whatever they do, as long as they get into the habit. Because every time you get paid, you've got to pay yourself. Right. That puts you on the road to, to building what you need to build. Because yeah. to live in this country, let's say if you really want to be comfortable in America, yeah, you, you really need about, from what I've read and, and what I see, you really need about $1.4, $1.5 million right? Mm-hmm. To, to really be yeah. comfortable. Even to after you work 30 years at a company and you get out of there and they, you know, your 401K is ready and you, you're old enough to start tapping it or whatever it is, uh, what happens is you need about a million million point five somewhere that you can generate some interest off of to be able to just do the things you need to do. And and that's just to be comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. And that's before (laughs) tax, right? And that's before tax. That's right. That's right. Right. Wow. So so right. That's crazy. They have to look at that. You have to look at that. So the only way you can do that is if you're working or if you got a business or you got whatever, you got to say, Okay, before I pay anybody, I gotta pay myself. I gotta give myself a dime. Just a dime. Right. I gotta give myself right. a dime. I would say, number one, what you're gonna have to do is stop giving out so much and kinda get selfish. Right. Like like Frank is saying and mm-hmm. Keila's saying, sacrifice, but then also give yourself something. I you are gonna have to you gotta make up in your mind to have to make the decision you have to make the decision and say this is going toward the family no matter what come hell high water i don't care who asks for what i have to be so i have to think down the line and make sure the family's good in retirement yeah or that right. you know for us to have something to start building well secondly i think that i was just sharing this with a with a young brother today giving him some counsel i said man you need to work whether that be corporate or whatever the case, but you also need to build a business because America is set up for the business owner to thrive. Mm-hmm. So that means that you have to kind of capitalize on your gift. Mm-hmm. You got to have That's a right. real conversation and say, what am I, what am I gifted at? Can I cook? Can't get, do I, can I, man, can I clean? Can I speak? You know, whatever my trade is, and start to think through, hey, this gift is going to take me not only places and I can do things, but also build a world of financial freedom for my future, for the future of my family. And I believe that is a a way to start building wealth because you you won't be able to do it just being W-2. Let's be honest. No. Oh, no. It's the most heavily taxed, and I'm no tax expert, but... It's the most heavily right. taxed, a W-2, W-2 employee, owning a business. Right. You're absolutely right, Brentley. Your tax yeah. rate is so much more favorable on that yeah. income. Yeah. It's right. so yeah. much more favorable. I have to share this really quick. You, you, when you said that, Brentley, you know, just building your business, whatever you're gifted at, I know a brother who does mobile detailing, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. He charges yeah. on average about 100 bucks, and his goal yeah. And I think this is so important. I remember he said this to me. He says, my goal is to make $1,000 a day. If I do three cars and two of my employees do three cars or maybe four, that's $1,000 I've done a day. 
right, but yeah, wow. you got products you got to buy. Yes, you know, you got to pay your employees. But I just thought Absolutely. that was like so cool. You got to put a number to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you strategize and track it because yeah. How can, I was going to say, how can you measure it? How can you measure it? And then that goes into like the outline because now you're thinking of new ways to be innovative and increase cash flow. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. Every every I always tell my wife, I'm always thinking about how to not make the next 10, 20, or 30 grand. I'm always thinking about Brent. How can we increase our cash flow $1,000 more and then another 1000 and then another 1000 You see what I'm yep. saying? And another 1000 Next thing you know, you've accumulated very well, but you're, 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 you're being innovative in what that's you're right. doing. And that's powerful. You guys are listening to the Financial Collective. Kiva and Frank are dropping some great insights. We'll be right back. I promise you to continue in the episode. And we are back just like that in our episode, The Making of a Millionaire is a Move, and we really <laughs> have been having a really great conversation. And I, I, I wanted to ask Kiva and Frank this question because most individuals – from my assessment, really don't know what this means. What is Mm -hmm. a millionaire? Incredible. Incredible (laughs) question. You want to go first, Ms. Kiva, or you want me to go? How do you want to do it? I I think you should take that one, Frank. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, I think uh, a millionaire is a person that after you add up all of their assets, and then you take away all of their liabilities. The bottom number has two commas in it. <laughs> preach, preach, preach. <laughs> Seven figures. <laughs> right. Starts with a one at minimum. <laughs> and two commas. So, right, right. So you don't have necessarily, you may not have a million dollars in cash on hand, but you yeah. may have had a nine hundred thousand dollar house that you owe three hundred on, so you got six hundred grand of equity, plus some mm-hmm. cars and maybe some other properties and some things. But after they take all of your assets and they subtract your liabilities, that's what a millionaire is when you have a million dollars or more as your net worth. Mm. That's what a millionaire right. is. Powerful word. <laughs> and that is very that is very that. possible to do. Yes, yes, it is. And I'm so happy, Frank, you said that because I think sometimes, you know, it's, well, I have, you know, a million dollars, you know, between my retirement and my savings and my checking or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, no, 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 we got to do some addition and um, subtraction, you know, what are your liabilities, you know, who do you owe? (laughs) Right. Do do you think people, do you think people really think? Do you think people really think that they are actual millionaires in their mind without, and they haven't really done the work to verify and confirm, like, that's what they are? They haven't sat down with an advisor like Kiva or Frank and really determined and said, hey, yes, yes, this is exactly what you are. You think people walk around in an illusion like that? I think so. I think so. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, see, the thing is, too, if you're first-generation rich or wealthy, I think right. that can be the approach and the mindset. 
you know, when you're mm-hmm. kind of new to it. But I think mm-hmm. that mindset evolves, you know. Yeah. It evolves yeah. over time because the thing is, you know, there are habits of self-made millionaires, and they're always looking at, you know, you know, what direction am I going financially? You know, they're mm-hmm. always writing their three top financial goals. They want to make yeah. sure they're in control of their money, and they develop a personal money mantra. Like, that's in writing. Mm-hmm. All that that I just said, all that's in writing. And they right. visit that continually. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes when people are trying to keep up with the Joneses, yeah, they'll look across the street and see some stuff, and, they, and they'll think they're good. They'll think they're good because of the neighborhood they live in. They don't, they don't see the things they need to do to secure their income or secure their family legacy or if anything were to happen. They don't, they don't see all those kind of things. They don't, see, they don't even see the power of having life insurance to get their family a leg up. Because if you think about it, you know, everything they're used to is designed to just putting them back where they were. So, like, you know, car insurance is designed to put you back where you were. Homeowners right. is designed to put you back where you were. But they don't even see that, you know, I can pay a premium, and then if something were to happen to me, I, I literally could be a millionaire, and the government won't even touch my check at all. And that's something. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you, you referring to tax-free, brother? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, and I am. crazy. I'm going to tell you because it's crazy because that's the only product, financial product, that helps you to be tax-free like that. Yeah, and it costs less than Jordan. It costs less than Jordan, right? Yes. yes. It costs less than vacation getaways. It costs less than a lot of things. And if people would just put that in place and make that a part of that 5 to 10 cent that they save, yeah. they could do some incredible things. Here's what I love to tell people, Frank and Kiva. That, listen, the financial planning that's already proper financial planning that's inserted into the plan. It's not a, right. it's not something that can just, it's not something that's going to be, you know, put off to the shelf and we can just take it off anytime we want to. It's actually built inside of the plan. And mm-hmm. when it's not there, then that means, then that means that the family, like you said, doesn't have a leg up, you know, mm-hmm. to continue to win. And I personally had to stop, talking about it from a perspective of love or philosophical. You know what I right. mean? You know, when you first get in, right. you know, you're always talking about, hey, this is love insurance and this and that, you know. And, yeah. hey, if you don't have right. life insurance, then you don't love your family members and et cetera. Mm-hmm. I had to get away from that because here's the reality. Property and casualty is mandated by law. Right. Life That's insurance right. is not. Right? right, and so it literally has to be sold, but essentially it's just this: it's just income replacement. That's right. all. That's all. It <laughs> is. That's all. That's all right. it is. But it's a very key component into the wealth process for you because it's the engine to all wealth. Right? It's it's what has started many of these companies, like like Disney. You know, Walt Disney used permanent insurance to pay employees to keep the company going. J.C. Penney, he uses permanent insurance to keep it going. You know, you have so many examples out there who was able to access their wealth built inside of that product to be able to help give us the experiences that we have now. 
So we right. have to have yeah. that in our pl- in our uh, plan to make sure that our family can continue to move forward. And I'm not saying which one, but you need to have it in the plan. You, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, can, yeah. I, can I so, say something so, right here? Yeah. I wanted to yeah. say that if you were to take a million dollars and put it in your calculator mm-hmm. and you divided it by 365 days, mm-hmm. you need to make about $2,780 a day to generate a million dollars worth of income. In a year. Wow. In a, in year. a year. So In a year. So if you think about it, let's just say you're selling, you're doing $100 a day washing cars. Or you're selling on Shopify and you're generating $900 a day, but you want to you want to take it to that millionaire level. You just need to sell about 27 pieces of merchandise that profit you $100, and you're going to be there. Wow! Wow! And a lot of people, if you if, if you break a number down to the ridiculous, you'll start seeing how attainable it is. Yeah. You got to write it down. But that is it's very attainable. You take yeah, a yeah. pencil and you write it on paper, and I'm telling you, it will ignite a fire in your mind that says, yeah. this is what I'm working towards to do this type of thing. And just to generate a million dollars, it changes everything. There's some people that are trying to do that over the course of 20 or 30 years. You could sure. do that. You could do that in a year if you would yeah. just stay home, <laughs> if you would just build an e-commerce site, or if you would just stop going on vacation all the time, or you would just stay Come out on. of Applebee's and stay out of all of those places. If you would just say, I am going to expedite my life. Come on, I'm going to take Come on. 25 years off of this process, and I'm going to do this Come in on. a year. Come yeah. on. I don't care if I got to do yard sales. I don't care right, if I got to. Right. Whatever I got to do, That's right. I'm going to yeah. start trying to think about how do I generate this every day. Right, right. And you may start right. out just getting 200 a day. But if you keep yeah. going, you're going to build. Because you think about it. People talk about these plumbers and these, uh, these people that run little restaurants, but I guarantee you they generate that three grand a day. Oh, Come they on. are. Come on, man. Oh, they absolutely Come on, are. man. Mm-hmm. They're crushing the game. They're crushing the game. Fire me up right now. You fire me up. I know. I'm so glad you broke that down. Like the, it is a move. <laughs> I'm so glad you broke that down because I had to pull up a graphic I had, and I may post this on Facebook, or we can post it okay. on okay. how to make a million dollars. And this is breaks it down even in a, you know a different view. But I love what you, what you did, Frank. If you sell a two hundred dollar product to five thousand people, that's a million. Yes. If you get if you get 2,000 people to pay $42 a month for 12 months, you're a millionaire. Wow. Good God Almighty. Good God Almighty. <laughs> but, I mean, really, when you break it down, so 2780 a day, yeah, it could right, be yeah. intimidating, but I'm just so glad you broke it down like that because, you know, wherever you're starting from, you can hit that. But like you said, you've got to put that head down, turn off the TV, shut off right. the noise. You know, all that madness will be on focus. the TV when you turn it back on, right? Just focus. Right. Just grind it out. Right. Yeah. So you Just guys dedicate like, a year of your life to that. Go ahead, yeah, man. Right. I'm you, sorry. You both, you both are breaking down the myths of building wealth and versus the truth of it. And the truth is it's work. Just get to work. It's so attainable. It's not so far-fetched that it can't happen. 
but it can right. come in. It can be expedited if we do the work. And here's what the practicality of that work is. Man, you just got to give it up. Let's like let's go after it. Wow, man. Right. This, this is that's crazy. What you got? Can I say one more down. thing on this? Can yeah. I say one more thing on this, Mr. Brent? I, w- I was thinking yeah. about it. Cause you know, they always talk about if you if you're listening to any of the politicians right now, whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's Bernie Sanders or anybody, you know, people are always talking about the one percent, the one percent, the one percent. These people that own so much wealth in America. So I, yeah. I was thinking, what is the person that is included in the one percent? What are they making per day? What are they making per year? that puts them in the 1%. And the figure comes out to these people are making $390,000 a year or $1,000 a day. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're in the top 1% of the country. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Talk num- about that a wealth four, gap. Four, yep. Four solidify that number, $400,000, the average. Person. Yep. That's what it means. Four hundred grand. But we're so focused mm-hmm. on the multi-millions and the billions that, that uh, you know, it, it, it's taken away from the actual real work to go out and make that. That's a powerful uh, statement you just made, Frank. That was powerful, man. Really that was powerful. Yeah. Frank and Kiva are crushing right now. <laughs> we'll be back <laughs> with more juice. The Financial Collective. <laughs> We're back. We're back, man. We're having so much fun in this episode. I hope you're learning a great deal, and hopefully we're sparking some type of innovation in your creativity and fire in you to go out and get it done. You know, this is what this podcast is about. We're not trying to sell you. We're trying to juice you up and get you going and just be real, be real deal and practical for you. And so as we as we near the the, the the end of the conversation, I know we got to keep it going, but as we near the end of the conversation, I want to talk about, we've been talking about business, investing, and wealth. How do we build in wealth, how do we build wealth, uh, Kiva, inside of the market, you know? I mean, the, the stock market. Let's, let's talk about right. that because so many people are thinking about the stock market and, 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 yeah. and is it the only way to invest? Or is it the only yeah. way to earn a lot of money? You know, what, 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 how right. would you counsel someone? No, it's a great question, Brentley. So, you know, my belief in what, 25 years of doing this, wealth is created in the stock market, number one. Yes, you could do it through real estate. Um, right. yeah. But to me, the stock market is, you know, you set your strategy in place and you let it go. You know, you just let yeah. it ride over time. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I never forget this. I have to share this really quick and I'll keep it short and sweet, but I never forget wrapping up a meeting with a client and um, she said, oh, wait a minute, I've got some stock certificates to give to you. I wanted to deposit them in my account. My grandparents gave them to me, you know, over the years as a child. And so she was like 40 years old at this point. She didn't realize she put like hundreds of thousand dollars on my desk. Mm. When we begin to purchase stock over time, that stock Mm -hmm. grows, okay? That stock grows Mm -hmm. over time. And let me give you another quick example, Starbucks. Starbucks went public, I think, in 1990. Mm -hmm. It was $18 to buy one share of Starbucks. Wow. If you would have bought just 1,000 shares, you'd you'd have three, $400,000 today. 
Wow. Now, by no means is that a recommendation. I don't want people running out saying the financial collective told me to go buy Starbucks. <laughs> I did not say right. that. Right, I, right, we right. We're giving an example of how stock can grow over time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so imperative. And so when, you know, clients say, well, where do I invest? Well, you know, what, you know, what should I buy? Number one, and I'm sure you gentlemen um, hear this too or, or share this as well, where do you spend your money? Every day, mm-hmm. every month, every week. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. what products do we have to buy and bring them into our home every month when we go to the grocery store? Absolutely. Right? When we go to CBS, when we go to Target, wherever we're spending our money, guess what? Yeah. Millions of people have to do that too. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You so know, where you're putting uh, your hard on money definitely is where you want to start looking. You know what? I, you were talking about that, Keith. I got two stories. They're real quick. One was uh, I know the power of what you're saying about where you shop at every day and, and buying the market because I remember when the iPhone – uh, when iPhone, the new 10, iPhone 10 that came out, I was yep. at dinner with one of my friends and he was just saying, he said, Hey man, well, my Apple stock just keeps going on up. And I said, mm-hmm. I said, why you say that? He said, cause y'all purchasing them, them iPhone 10, keep on doing it. He said, I'm going to rock my eight. Keep on doing it. You're making, you know, you're making me more money. And I was like, that's crazy to me. And then, and then I read recently how, uh, Spencer Haywood, Okay, a basketball player had a chance to own ten percent of Nike. Oh wow! Okay, his watch this. It was in uh his. He could have owned ten percent of Nike. His ten percent today, back in nineteen eighty, would have been somewhere north of eight point six billion dollars today. His choice was $100,000 or own 10% of Nike. He took the 100 grand. Wow. Wow. Crazy. Talk about not seeing the big picture. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You're talking about, like Keith said earlier, be with a billion. Yeah. Be with a billion. 10%. Or take the hundred grand. I think most of us are doing that. We're taking the we're taking the lump sum, but we're yeah. not putting up over. You know, listen, America. No matter what you think about it, has all of these good businesses inside of this country that's allowing right. us to generate good uh, to generate a lot of money, and you are stimulating the economy. When you put your money to work, it is no good just sitting in a bank account, and it's no good if, if you don't have a strategy with it to put it up and let America run its course up or down. It will bring you some level of wealth depending on how you sow into it. You've got tell to it. take some percentages, percentages because it's going to help you. It's going to help, and you can't you can't knock it. You you just can't knock it. No, Do I think I, so? The formula is, however old you are, take one hundred and divide it by your age, and it'll let you know how much you can put into the market. Period. That's the formula. Say that one more time, Brittany. That was powerful. Say take, that one more time, you, please. You the formula is you take one hundred and you divide it by how old you are, and it'll let you know 
that number, the difference, is how much you can put in the market and still be able to have other liquidity, other businesses, et cetera, while that, that difference of the 100 is sitting in the market and is growing. Right. Wow. Right. And these Fortune 500 companies are really, really growing your money. Let them do the work. That's right. right. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. they're, well, y'all, they're building of the, con- of the economy do the work for you. Right. While you guys are talking, I looked up Apple stock. It's about 220 And I looked up also Facebook. It's about 190 Kiva, can you speak to something for me? Because sure. uh, I, think, I think this would be great. Uh, I wanted to ask you about with everything that's going on right now in America, and they're talking about, you know, these, these trade wars with China and right. people are worried about a recession. Can you kind of explain how in the stock market that a recession is really like stock going on sale? Yeah, you're exactly right, Frank. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of fear right, right now, of course, with the stock market. Mm-hmm. So, yes. The market, you know, is on sale when we see those kinds of, you know, drops, okay? But keep this mm-hmm. in mind. Keep this in mind. Those, like, and I'll, I'll pick on the Princeton Endowment again. Okay, That yeah. $25 billion, Yeah. I'm just going to stretch and say half of it's in the stock market. I'm just going to stretch and say half. Okay. I guarantee you. Those that run that Princeton endowment are ensuring Wall Street and the stock market has controls to halt the bottom falling out of the stock market. I guarantee you they've had Absolutely. that conversation. Right. Absolutely. So my, my little my little hundred shares or something don't even show up on the market. But when Princeton <laughs> and the Harvard and the Stanford endowments start trading, oh, that's when they move the market. And I guarantee you they're in touch with those people that, you know, sometimes, you know, they do this high-frequency trading, and, yeah. you know, there's, you, you guys know what I'm talking about. They're not going to allow the bottom to fall out again. They caught them, you mm. know, before. It's, I guarantee yeah. you it ain't going to happen again. No, 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 because wow. too many wealthy people lost too much money, and they didn't like it. Right. So there's a lot of controls right. right now on how far down the market can go. Like the, mm-hmm. the, um, the exchange will just halt. You know what I mean? It'll just stop. Mm. Yeah. They have those in, in place now. That's probably you know, how, how are you going to tell the Harvard and Princeton and Stanford Endowment, oh, y'all just lost, you know, $10 billion. Mm-mm. That wow. ain't going to happen. Because that, that is not going to happen. You make a phenomenal point. Good gracious. That's a phenomenal point. So, yeah, but, yes, going back to, you know, Frank, your question, yeah, when, when things are perceived to be run for the hills, that's when you buy. It's a right. major sale. That's when we run to the mall when things are on sale, right? It's like when a couple breaks up <laughs> and, you know, she's <laughs> mad and he's mad and they start selling stuff for $2, you need to grab it. <laughs> Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know what I want yes. to say on that too? What's if that? that's the case and a recession comes, what Frank and Kiva and I are telling you to do, you need to put some cash up so you can go buy. That's right. See, when that recession comes, because the market's been great, right, Kiva? It's been it's oh, been yeah, running for good the last for a very years. long time. Oh, the last yeah. 10. 
we got some yeah. great returns. Now, we've taken a few mm-hmm. hits in the Dow and all this good stuff, but hey, it's been bouncing back, bouncing back. Yes, there's some mm-hmm. variable uh, uh, things that can happen inside the market. Anybody can lose. I just think that's risk. But here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal. You need to be putting up some cash because when those stock numbers go down, you need to be able to buy shares because when they come back up, oh, my mm-hmm. Lord. Oh, right. happy day. It's a song that used to sing. <laughs> That's right. That's You're right. too young to remember that, Brentley. You're too young to remember that. <laughs> yeah. That's the late 60s right there. Woo. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an old soul. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yes. You, uh, you can't, hey, I mean, Keith. that's the word right there. That's the word right there. Yeah, Kiva, we got some questions. Um, okay. That, Kiva and Frank, we got some questions that I think were pretty good. Um, and I, and I, and I want to be able to answer these for uh, the people that left them on my Facebook page because I put out that we were having this episode, and if they had any questions, please let us know. And they did. A few questions came through, and I want to honor those questions. Let me pull them up right quick on my pad. And uh, question one comes from Tashina Danielle. She said, what's the best way to determine whether a stock is worth investing in or not. Mm. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and take that. So great question. Thank you for your question. Um, you're, well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of qualifiers. Number one thing I look at before I'm going to buy a stock, does the stock mm-hmm. pay me a dividend? Does it pay a Come dividend? On. meaning basically do you share your profits with me as a shareholder because I need you to do that. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Uh, Number two, are other corporations buying this stock too? Again, I'll pick on the endowments out there. You know what I mean? You can see it's hard to find, but you can get some of what those endowments hold. And believe you me, they've scrubbed what's good to invest in. So if, I believe it. if Harvard or Princeton or Stanford puts it in their portfolio, I probably should put it in yeah. my portfolio too. Okay? Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing you want to look at too is um, what a lot of these different analyst reports, um, they're pretty good. They, you know, they call it, you know, what does the street say? What does the street say? Those analysts, you know, I'm, I'm convinced they all have, you know, 25 degrees in finance. And, you know, they focus on <laughs> minimum, minimum. And they focus on and analyze the heck out of the stock before they make it as a recommendation to buy. So you have to give some weight to those analyst reports too. Right. Here's the other kind of nuance of, of should I buy a stock or not. Is it complementary mm-hmm. to what you already have? Yeah, true. Mm. Break that down. Unpack that a little more. Yeah, unpack Yeah, that. it's a complimentary. So if I have, you know, if you look at, I'll just say your 401K or your TSP or whatever, and you're heavy in stocks, well, I need you to be able to, or your advisor, break down what kind of stocks, what sector is it in, what industry, is it retail, you know, is it consumer staples, is it utilities? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have those categories already covered, well, you may not want to start introducing the same type of stock, you know, Again, you know, the, the, the markets kind of work, you know, it's like when certain sectors are going up, other sectors are going down. So make sure you yeah. have a little bit in each of those areas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Kiva's dropping it. What in the world? Dropping. I love it. <laughs> Stay with the fire. Yes. Oh, I've been around for Frank, a while. I've been around for a while. 
I don't have a thing on that. We're gonna let we're gonna let Kiva rock that. That was great information right there, Miss Kiva. That's powerful. Yeah. Kiva, I got a, I got another one. Now yeah. you tell me because this industry is booming. Okay, I mean billion dollar industries right now. Industry. Mm-hmm. I mean from even from startup year one phase. Okay, this industry is going crazy right now. So much so, it's just, it's busting out of the scenes. The drug yeah. stocks, right? Yeah. The the cannabis world. It's yeah. this uh, we got one from Doris Dockery. She said, "Are drug stocks the next big boom?" Yes, Doris. Thank you for your question. That is the million dollar <laughs> question. No one knows right. until it makes the boom. No one can right. answer Absolutely. that. Absolutely. With certainty, right. we know that, right? Again, Absolutely. when you're looking to introduce something new into your investment portfolio, it's not a matter of, you know, yes, you should, no, you shouldn't. Going back to that strategy, gentlemen, we talk about that. This is complementary yeah. to what I'm doing. Yeah. Can I tuck this in somewhere? Does this make sense? You yeah. know, because I think sometimes we want to get into, you know, what's the latest, what's the greatest, and there's a time yeah. and place for that. But your right. serious money, you got to sit down yeah. with somebody and say, hey, Come should I now. be introducing this into my plan? Yeah, everybody's yeah. talking about mm-hmm. it, but doesn't make sense for me and where I'm trying right, to go. Right. Kiva, do yeah. you also think that, that, that people should also invest according to who they are and what they are passionate about? You know, like, for me, my stocks are going to be companies that have a social responsibility. They're taking care yeah. of the community. You know, that's big for me. I want to know if that, is that yeah. company out there doing that, you know, because that's just what I like to do. I love people. So I, right. I look at their models. You know, I look at, I, I look at hey, wh- what, what have they done, you know, to better society, not just be a right. company that's generating profits. And, right. you know, there's a lot of companies out there like that. But do you think people – should really do that or just say, hey, forget who you are, you know, and just, hey, go straight for the money, you know. Get right. from the total opposite to who you are and have no connection at all. And no connection. Um, of course, that's an individual thing. I love yeah. um, how you even stated that social, you know, social uh, responsibility with investing, mm-hmm. I think, is absolutely um, could be a part of everyone's strategy. Absolutely. You know, yeah. no tobacco, no firearms, no porn, you know, yeah. no alcohol, you know, mm. um, definitely. But, you know, again, you know, that's a sit down conversation with your, you know, your professional or your advisor to right. say, okay, how can I yeah. introduce this socially responsible investing, you know, to where I'm trying yeah. to go? Absolutely. Wow. Right. I think it's key. I think it's key. Yeah. And also what are, what wow. is that company doing in communities, Brown community? Yep. Yeah, wow. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Can, can I cut some mustard right here? Let me cut some mustard. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna bring something up. And I wanna hear how you guys feel about it. But we have a lot of people that make money. That means they have income. They get a check every week, two weeks, once a month. You know, but we all have to have some type of income to sustain our life. So, and they're going to church. Would you even look at the fact that they're pouring money into the church as some type of not, you know, I won't say it's a official, official investment, but it is definitely investment, seeding, or whatever, into a church that's in a community. And would you advise them to look at that real close to see if they're really – really putting their money 
and making an investment in the right thing if they don't see any type of fruit coming from what they're investing in. Oh, that's a slippery slope. That's a slippery slope. <laughs> a wonderful question. You know, yeah, because I, I asked that question, Kiva, because I had dealt with people where I had oh. sat at the table in homes and the wife would be, we're putting 600 we're putting $800 a month oh, yeah. into this church, the church, but we don't even oh, have yeah. an emergency fund. Yeah. We don't even have oh, yeah. these things, and if, and, if the, and if the rubber hits the road, we're going to be in trouble because they're not really going to help us. No. Right. No. Right. So, you know, I, you reminded me. You, I saw something. Did you guys see this on Facebook? I have to share this. Someone cashed out their church and it was denied. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. It was a test or something like, you know, cash out your church for fifty dollars. See if they give it to you. <laughs> it was me, Kira. It was me. I realize it. <laughs> but isn't that wild? But I thought that spoke yeah. volumes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And again, I'm not knocking I, anyone's belief. I'm not trying to tell me, people how much not it's tied. No, but, me. you know, when you really look at it, you know, it's 10% and, you know, pray for a better day. But, you know, who's in the pulpit yeah. gets their money today. Right. Immediate, immediate. And I'm not game. knocking it. I'm just, it's just an yeah. observation. Okay? Just an yeah. observation. Yeah. I, I look at it now uh, because my whole disposition has changed about it this year uh, and i've been talking to my wife about that <clears throat> and we have been discussing how we want oh. to uh you know rearrange what we have been doing because the bottom line is the future is coming fast for for, for the both of us and kelly and i you know have to be able to be we want to be right when it when it comes and it's right. not from a personal or a selfish perspective, but it is for a Proverbs 6 put up like the ant type of thing. And if we are giving X amount of dollars to the church and putting none to ourselves, then we've done ourselves a disservice when we possibly mm -hmm. could be going to experience two or three more new churches, right? Right. And right. Uh, or not have the emergency or not have the cash on hand to handle other variables that may pop off in life. And so for us, it is about a place of being wise, but then looking at the institution that we're part of to say, there is some justification for our giving here. They are in a community and doing what they're doing. We'll give, but we won't give as much as we've been given. Right. Because right. – yeah. If that's the, then we won't, we're not taking care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and for mm -hmm. some people, let's just be real. A difference of 10 to 15 grand back into your home sets you up properly. Oh, mm -hmm. and let's not do that for put, 10 put years. You, <laughs> put more meals on the table, right? It does. Get you where you need it. Right. I mean, it it's does. a better lifestyle for you. It is. But because is. you've been given so much to one institution, and that's solely based on what you wanted to do. But if you got to the end and there was nothing, man, that's right. How would you deal with that? So mm -hmm. I just think yeah. it's before we put it before our, we put it before people, and I think that's just a message that I I, I really want to uh, communicate in this in this in this uh, episode. Think about yourself. 
think about yourself. It goes back to being selfish, you know, uh, not a not a self-centered selfishness, but a selfishness to say, I got to do, I got to do for me. I got to mm-hmm. do for me. I'm doing for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think the whole approach, what you just stated, Brentley, is so powerful because I think a lot of people are rethinking that uh, yeah. more and more. Yeah. 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 It really so, is. I am. You have, you have to rethink it. You have to rethink it. Yeah. Yeah. Too many families are experiencing financial destruction, you know, mm-hmm. and we're talking, you know, let's, let's think about this for a second. There's no way you can build wealth being W-2. And then also if one person is the breadwinner and that person goes, dies, and in this family, because nothing else was set up, and this person put X amount of dollars in your one institution, the church, and then they lived out the rest, and then this person is gone, and the family goes to this institution to try to help pay for the burial, all of this, <laughs> and they deny you. Let me tell you something, man. You want to talk about it, and don't let the bread want to have work in the church. Oh, my That's goodness. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I just think this, this, this destruction, and it's a conversation that actually that institution, the church, needs to have to be real with people and say, hey, listen, here's the deal. We're going to do ministry, but the part about ministry that we do, part of us is going to help you. You don't have to, you don't have to fund us the way that you are mm-hmm. doing it. There's going to be a different road now, a different format for how we move and build our institutions. And we need you to be able to take care of you. If I look at it as if I was a pastor, and I would go to the people, I literally would say, listen, we're not going to pay funeral costs. We can't do it. That's not our job. We are not, we're not going to pay your mortgage bill. We're not going to pay your car notes. We're not going to do this. Why? Because that's your responsibility, and you have to make your money, and you have to take care of your family, and God will take care of this church. We're going to do things in the community, but we ain't asking for all your money. Take some, right. put it up for your family, and then the rest, do what you can so we can continue to do the ministry of God's work in our, in our mm-hmm. communities and for each other. And then let's just rock like that. Y'all with right. me or not? <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and let me add to that because I, I do want to yeah. say something, but I want to add to that. I want to say if I go to the bank, I'm looking at mm-hmm. – uh, the, the branch manager, I'm looking at, you know, everything about that bank. I'm looking at I'm looking at what they're offering. They're able yeah. to lay that down on the table and say, this is what we do. This is no interest checking. This is mm-hmm. uh, all of the things we offer, CDs, money market. Yeah. We offer yeah. um, over, overdraft protection. Anything that they right. offer, I'm, I'm interested in it. So when I right. come to a fellowship, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm, I'm going to give the disclaimer that I've been a pastor. So I'm going to give the disclaimer here. But when I go to a church, this is what I'm yeah. looking for. Do they have a financial team? Right. Are they showing us what's going on? Right. Right. Am I able to, am I able to see that? Am I right. able to see what percentage of the budget is going to where it's going to in that fellowship? I want to know those things because I don't want to. I do not want to pour water into a broken bucket. True, because it can't hold it. I don't care, you know, about 
in the sense of I trust you because you talk about God or you talk about Jesus or you talk about Allah or you talk about Buddha. Whatever it is you talk about, I get it. But I still need right. to know that the same way I would go to if I went to Vanguard <laughs> and I said I want some mutual funds, I went to Apple and I want some stocks, they have things that regulate what they do. I want to be the same way, the same response. Right. I want to be just as responsible with right. kingdom-minded things as well. So I'm looking at Absolutely. all of that. I, I, I don't want a pastor that says, you know, catch up me your ties. Right. Right. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I don't want a pastor like PayPal me your ties. I'm like, are you out of your mind? I can't. I can't. Right. To me, I got to cut my brain on and say something's not right about right. that. But here's a red flag for me. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You feel Absolutely. me? I don't yeah. want a church that's like saying, hey, man, it's getting ready to snow. So, you know, we, we can't get together Sunday. There's a snow. Uh, they're saying, you know, it's going to snow. So let's get together on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> and make sure they get the money. That's right. I, I, need, I need you to operate better than that. Right, right, you right. You feel me? Yeah. Because yeah, it's, those are all signs that let me know. It's just like an advisor that's telling me, I'm going to guarantee you 8%. Ooh, you, wrong, you start wrong. guaranteeing stuff. I know. <laughs> right. Come on, man. Uh-uh. <laughs> Under the gym. Come on, Bernie Madoff Jr. <laughs> right. Dave, Dave, Dave Ramsey Jr. <laughs> I'm gonna oh. get in trouble. I'm gonna get in yeah. trouble. You feel me? Right. And and my money, you couldn't hold. I was pouring, but you ain't had the capacity to hold what I was pouring. So I gotta pull yeah. back on that. That's I gotta right. find out what's going on. Hey, hey. Yes. Frank, you talk. You bring up a good point. You bring up a good point. Kiva, can you yes. can you talk to the talk to this perspective for a second? When a company is not regulated by FEMRA or the SEC, should we do any investments with that company? I wouldn't. I would not. <laughs> My God. because you know that regulation keeps them on the up and up and those numbers are right and those balance sheets are tight you know and if i'm putting we're putting our hard-earned money absolutely i want some regulation absolutely Absolutely. now let me ask you this question is there any way that a company could guarantee safety outside of full throttle 100 percent regulation from either of those two no no. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Mm-mm. No, yep. they can't. And I think that's a problem. Yeah, and I, and I, and I think I asked that yeah. question. Yeah, I, I think I asked that mm-hmm. question because people are putting money in investments that are not regulated and that companies are that are regulated. not regulated, right. and it is hurting them. You know, and and, and Kiva, Frank, and I don't want to be wrong about this, but listen, right. you have to turn your brain on. You have to go right. be able to. Look up the brokers, look up the firms, look to see if they're regulated. And if these statements are on their websites, man, you got to run. It is. Oh, yeah. Oh, you can go to SEC.gov. No, you're so right. Yeah. You can go to SEC.gov on any publicly traded stock and look at the Edgar report, and you can see what the mm-hmm. executives are doing with their stock. My Lord. When they're buying or selling. <laughs> And I'm not yeah. saying if they're selling, it's a bad thing because sometimes, you know, True. stock options expire. You know, they got to yeah. pay a college tuition, so they got to sell. But you can get a clear 
view of exactly what the executives that run that company are doing with their stock. SEC.gov, Edgar Report. Mm. Check it out. Mm. Wow. wow. I love it. I love it. Guys, he's he like playing the day. Episode, man. <laughs> <laughs> he got a big old bill. I'm just trying to, I'm hey, trying to keep up with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Kiva brought the bombs today. Okay, she has just been killing them. Frank has been killing it with his perspective. Yes. This is what the financial collective is about. This is why we are doing these episodes to just fire you up and give you information in real life situations, and also some great practicality, so you can go out there and win financially. And that's why we got the collective. That's why we are the collective and doing what we're doing. Anything else you guys want to say before we crush this episode? Yes, there's one thing I like to leave our listeners with, Brentley, and it's almost like a challenge. And Mm -hmm. whenever you're about to go sit down at the table and take a look at your budget or your bills or whatever it is, I want to Mm -hmm. challenge everyone to approach that from a mindset of wealth and not from a mm-hmm. mindset of lack. Got it. Love that. Love I think it. We tend to approach our finances from a mindset of lack, what I don't have, what's missing, it's not enough. We show up with a mindset of wealth. Again, the mm-hmm. making of a millionaire, it's a mood. That's right. It's a mood, it's a baby. It's a mood. <laughs> it's a mood. Yes. Frank, you got anything? Yeah, I want, I want to say my money mantra. Yeah. This is my money mantra, everybody around the globe. Yeah. I create money. I create wealth. I touch lives through sharing my gifts and talents. I love that, man. I really like that one. Yeah. Can I steal that? Can I steal that? Yeah. Yes, yeah, you and everybody that's listening. Everybody, I create, I create money. I create wealth. I touch lives with my gifts. Yeah, yeah. I like that. How about you, Brentley? I like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have the mantra like y'all. I don't, I don't have a mantra like y'all. Here's what I do want. I I do want to say this though. When you do sit down and create it. Be serious about it. Don't let nothing deter you. Mm. Yeah. Do not be deterred from creating your wealth. Do not be deterred. Be serious about that. I like that. Be serious that. about it. Yep. It's something yeah. about just going out and letting this thing be generational. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that's what mm. I got. That's what I got. I love it. I love it. So, hey, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. It was a beautiful episode. So much was shared. So much was illuminated. I hope you have learned a great deal. Until next time, this has been Kiva, Frank, and your host, Brentley Wright. And we want to thank you for listening to the Financial Collective. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Financial Collective. It has been our highest honor spending time with you. Make sure you subscribe today and share us with those in need of financial information. Got questions? 
Hit us up at thefinancialcollective at gmail.com. Until next time, have a great day.